0: section 29 of the essays of samuel johnson this is a librivox recording All librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the essays of samuel johnson section 29 diligence too soon relaxed necessity of perseverance tuesday june the 4th 1751 Capisti Melius merios quam desinis ultima primis Querunt dissimiles et ille Ovid. Succeeding years thy early fame destroy; thou who beganst a man wilt end a boy. Politian, a name eminent among the restorers of polite literature, when he published a collection of epigrams, prefixed to many of them the year of his age at which they were composed. He might design by this information either to boast the early maturity of his genius or to conciliate indulgence to the puerility of his performances but whatever was his intent it is remarked by scaliger that he very little promoted his own reputation because he fell below the promise which his first productions had given and in the latter part of his life seldom equalled the sallies of his youth it is not uncommon for those who at their first entrance into the world were distinguished for attainments or abilities to disappoint the hopes which they had raised and end in neglect and obscurity that life which they began in celebrity and honor to the long catalogue of the inconveniencies of old age which moral and satirical writers have so copiously displayed may be often added the loss of fame the advance of the human mind towards any object of laudable pursuit may be compared to the progress of a body driven by a blow it moves for a time with great velocity and vigor but the force of the first impulse is perpetually decreasing and though it should encounter no obstacle capable of quelling it by a sudden stop the resistance of the medium through which it passes and the latent inequalities of the smoothest surface will in a short time by continued retardation wholly overpower it. Some hindrances will be found in every road of life, but he that fixes his eyes upon anything at a distance necessarily loses sight of all that fills up the intermediate space, and therefore sets forward with alacrity and confidence, nor suspects of a thousand obstacles, by which he afterwards finds his passage embarrassed and obstructed. Some are, indeed, stopped at once in their career by a sudden shock of calamity, or diverted to a different direction by the cross impulse of some violent passion, but far the greater part languish by slow degrees, at first into slight obliquities, and themselves scarcely perceive at what time their ardour forsook them, or when they lost sight of their original design. Weariness and negligence are perpetually prevailing by silent encroachments, assisted by different causes, and not observed, till they cannot without great difficulty be opposed. Labour necessarily requires pauses of ease and relaxation, and the deliciousness of ease commonly makes us unwilling to return to labour. We perhaps prevail upon ourselves to renew our attempts, but eagerly listen to every argument for frequent interpositions of amusement. For when indolence has once entered upon the mind, it can scarcely be dispossessed, by such efforts as very few are willing to exert it is the fate of industry to be equally endangered by miscarriage and success by confidence and despondency he that engages in a great undertaking with a false opinion of its facility or too high conceptions of his own strength is easily discouraged by the first hindrance of his advances, because he had promised himself an equal and perpetual progression without impediment or disturbance. When unexpected interruptions break in upon him, he is in the state of a man surprised by a tempest, when he purposed only to bask in the calm, or sport in the shallows. It is not only common to find the difficulty of an enterprise greater, but the profit less than hope had pictured it. Youth enters the world with very happy prejudices in her own favour. She imagines herself not only certain of accomplishing every adventure, but of obtaining those rewards which the accomplishment may deserve. She is not easily persuaded to believe that the force of merit can be resisted. By obstinacy and avarice, or its lustre darkened by envy and malignity. She has not yet learned that the most evident claims to praise or preferment may be rejected by malice against conviction, or by indolence without examination, that they may be sometimes defeated by artifices, and sometimes overborne by clamour. That in the mingled numbers of mankind many need no other provocation to enmity than that they find themselves excelled that others have ceased their curiosity and consider every man who fills the mouth of report with a new name as an intruder upon their retreat and disturber of their repose that some are engaged in complications of interest, which they imagine endangered by every innovation, that many yield themselves up implicitly to every report which hatred disseminates, or folly scatters, and that whoever aspires to the notice of the public has in almost every man an enemy and a rival and must struggle with the opposition of the daring and elude the stratagems of the timorous must quicken the frigid and soften the obdurate must reclaim perverseness and inform stupidity it is no wonder that when the prospect of reward has vanished the zeal of enterprise should cease for who would persevere to cultivate the soil which he has, after long labour, discovered to be barren? He who hath pleased himself with anticipated praises, and expected that he should meet in every place with patronage or friendship, will soon remit his vigour, when he finds that, from those who desire to be considered as his admirers, nothing can be hoped but cold civility and that many refuse to own his excellence, lest they should be too justly expected to reward it. A man thus cut off from the prospect of that port to which his address and fortitude have been employed to steer him, often abandons himself to chance and to the wind, and glides, careless and idle, down the current of life, without resolution to make another effort till he is swallowed up by the gulf of mortality. Others are betrayed to the same desertion of themselves by a contrary fallacy. It was said of Hannibal that he wanted nothing to the completion of his martial virtues, but that when he had gained a victory, he should know how to use it. The folly of desisting too soon from successful labours, and the haste of enjoying advantages before they are secured, are often fatal to men of impetuous desire, to men whose consciousness of uncommon powers fills them with presumption, and who, having borne opposition down before them, and left emulation panting behind, are early persuaded to imagine that they have reached heights of perfection and that now being no longer in danger from competitors they may pass the rest of their days in the enjoyment of their acquisitions in contemplation of their own superiority and in attention to their own praises and look unconcerned from their eminence upon the toils and contentions of meaner beings it is not sufficiently considered in the hour of exaltation that all human excellence is comparative, that no man performs much but in proportion to what others accomplish, or to the time and opportunities which have been allowed him, and that he who stops at any point of excellence is every day sinking in estimation, because his improvement grows continually more incommensurate to his life yet as no man willingly quits opinions favourable to himself they who have been once justly celebrated imagine that they still have the same pretensions to regard and seldom perceive the diminution of their character while there is time to recover it nothing then remains but murmurs and remorse for if the spendthrift's poverty be embittered by the reflection that he once was rich how must the idler's obscurity be clouded by the remembering that he once had lustre these errors all arise from an original mistake of the true motives of action he that never extends his view beyond the praises or rewards of men will be dejected by neglect and envy or infatuated by honours and applause but the consideration that Life is only deposited in his hands to be employed in obedience to a master who will regard his endeavours, not his success, would have preserved him from trivial elations and discouragements, and enabled him to proceed with constancy and cheerfulness, neither enervated by commendation, nor intimidated by censure. End of section 29